Everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, everybody. How's it going, Randy? Yeah, it's going all right. How are you? Holiday tidings and such? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you know, not too much uh, Star Trek news going on, although they confirmed that the trailer for Star Trek Beyond will be put before uh, The Force Awakens. So, wait, you're telling me that there's going to be a Star Trek movie trailer before a Star Wars movie? Yes. That's pretty awesome. I mean... Cats and dogs living together. Uh, I mean, let's take a very small sample size of two. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning <laughs> myself and you. Uh, and we actually happen to really like both universes. So yep. uh, we're kind of the perfect audience for that. And... Um, I think they know that there's probably a lot of people that are really into both. Yeah, and both are bad robot productions. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Um, so I had actually, the, you just confirmed it. I had read some some rumors that there may be something before the Force Awakens. So that's awesome. Uh, can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll just you know for the sake of Trek Trek, I'll just say I'm going to watch the trailer, and then I just happen to stay for the Star <laughs> Wars movie. <laughs> Right, right. I'm going to see both because I like sci-fi. Right. Sci-fi is awesome. So that is actually pretty decent sized news. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, we're coming up on the release of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, we're recording on Sunday, December 13th, and the movie comes out on this Friday. So it will be soon. And once we have gone and we have seen the Star Trek Beyond trailer, we'll have to talk about it on an upcoming episode of our show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, you want to talk about Star Trek Enterprise? Yeah, you know I do. Yeah, I watched these uh, these two episodes and ready to, to get into them. We're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 3, Episode 3, Extinction. Uh, original air date September twenty fourth two thousand three. This episode was directed by Lavar Burton. Uh, so the episode opens with a person on the run from people in spacesuits who are armed with flamethrowers. Uh, they're on some sort of foresty type planet. Uh, then it's the opening credits. Uh, After someone gets burned alive. <laughs> well. Yeah. I guess we don't really see it happen. We just see... It's all off screen. Yeah, we see guys with flamethrowers, basically. Uh, but yes, yeah, so the assumption is that it was burned alive. Uh, when the uh, show comes back, it's uh, Enterprise in T'Pol's quarters. Uh, Trip gives T'Pol some Georgia peaches as a gift for the neuropressure treatments. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned that Trip is more than a little ticklish. Uh, uh, Archer calls and asks Paul to meet him in the command center. In the command center, Archer shows Paul another form of Zindi he's discovered in the database that they got from the Osarians. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, this Zindi evolved from some sort of arboreal primate, and he's tracked the Zindi to a nearby planet. Uh, an away team consisting of Archer, T'Pol, Reed, and Hoshi go down uh, to the planet. 
They find a Zindi vessel and the scorched remains of a couple of aliens, which are not Zindi as far as T'Pol can tell. So possibly the at least one of the people that we saw in the intro. Yep. Uh, later, T'Pol notices that she is undergoing some transformations. She finds Reed, who has morphed into a lizard-like creature. Uh, the same thing is happening to Archer, who grows some new hearts and starts speaking a strange language. He tries to attack T'Pol before getting stunned by her phase pistol. Uh, mutated Hoshi attacks T'Pol, and T'Pol gets captured by the three transformed away team members. On Enterprise, in the Situation Room, Phlox, Trip, and Mayweather look for the away team. They see one Vulcan biosign, but the other biosigns are definitely not human, Phlox says. And Phlox figures out that the human away team members may have mutated. Uh, on the planet, T'Pol speaks to Archer, Hoshi, and Reed via the Universal Translator. Uh, they're looking for something called Urquat. Uh... Trip, who is wearing an EV suit, pilots a shuttle pod down to the surface with a couple of soldiers. Uh, Trip and the soldiers fight Archer, Hoshi, and Reed. Reed gets stunned and is taken back to Enterprise, while T'Pol stays with Archer and Hoshi. In sickbay, Flux tells Trip that Reed was infected with a mutagenic virus that overwrites the DNA of any humanoid it encounters. Uh, though Vulcan K cells can fight it, which is why uh, T'Pol was not affected uh, or not as affected as much as the others. Uh, Flox is using T'Pol's genetic profile to create an antivirus, and suddenly two ships approach. Uh, the alien ships hail Enterprise and tell Trip that uh, Enterprise is under quarantine and will be boarded. Trip refuses. Uh, the alien captain insists that the infected organism, uh, Reed, must be eradicated before the virus can spread. On the planet, the mutated archer has discovered a vast underground city teeming with people, but it was all a dream. Uh, it was the city of Urquat, and the people are all called the Lokek. On the Enterprise in sickbay... Uh, the alien who was speaking to Trip earlier is now on board, explaining that the virus was created by the Lokek because they lost the ability to reproduce, and the virus was the only way to save their species from extinction. Hence the name of the episode. <laughs> uh, the alien is determined to hunt down all the infected, including T'Pol, even though she is immune. Flox needs a sample of uh, T'Pol's DNA, but they can't use the transporter because she might be contagious. Trip has a eureka moment and runs to T'Pol's quarters to find the peach that she bit into earlier. That's very convenient that she didn't throw it out. Right. And that, yeah, there was DNA apparently. Uh, back on the planet, Archer, Hoshi, and T'Pol have found Urquat, but it's nothing but ruins. Yeah, it's kind of the, the disappointing version of, of his dream. Yeah. <laughs> the flamethrower-wielding aliens arrive and chase after Archer, Hoshi, and T'Pol. Uh, they overpower the aliens. Uh, one of them gets a tear in his suit and starts transforming, and his buddies set him on fire. Uh, Archer, Hoshi, and T'Pol escape to the surface, where they are met by more aliens with flamethrowers. Suddenly, Trip and a soldier beam in and take out the aliens. T'Pol convinces Archer to go back to Enterprise. 
as soon as the shuttle pod ducks, Enterprise warps away, but the aliens chase after them. The alien hails Enterprise, and Trip explains that Phlox is making a cure. Archer and Hoshi, who are mostly cured, show up on the bridge as proof that the antivirus works. Uh, Captain Starlog, uh, Flux's antivirus was given to the uh, flamethrower-wielding aliens, and it will be a few days before Archer, Hoshi, and Reed are fully human. In sickbay, Flux assumes Archer wants to destroy the last of the mutagenic virus, but Archer says no because it's all that remains of the Lokek. Archer explains that they're out there to stop the Zindi from destroying humanity, and he's not going to destroy another race in the process. Hmm. Uh, Flux puts the mutagenic virus in storage as the episode ends. Hmm. So I'm well. I have a, I have a couple of minds about this episode. Um, I didn't think it was a very good episode. No, it was uh, not. <laughs> I was I, not a fan of this episode. I think it's probably putting it lightly, but yeah, I wasn't a fan of the episode, but. The core idea of it, I thought, was actually kind of cool. Um, I like the the idea of, you know, as its way of uh, avoiding, or it's, you know, it's I guess that's the right way to put it, its way of avoiding extinction, that this race had kind of weaponized itself, like weaponized its its continuation uh, throughout the universe as a virus that would aggressively, you know, transform uh, other life forms into it. I mean, I thought that was kind of a neat idea. Uh-huh. Um, I just, as it was executed, uh, it, it just didn't make for a good episode. Um, I, I just, th- there just wasn't a lot to it. It was mostly just, you know, Archer and, and, um, and Reed and, well, to an extent to Paul, but Hoshi just kind of grunting a lot and acting like kind of like monkey people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know, I guess they're more lizard like. Um, and I also thought it was kind of odd that if you're going to, you know, maybe it was, it was supposed to be only a, a short period of this kind of, very primal behavior, but when they showed her Quat, it was, it seemed like a pretty sophisticated city. And, you know, when he had this dream about it, um, you know, or I guess a vision maybe from the virus, um, you know, people were very, seemed very civilized and it was a pretty advanced society. They were so advanced um, that they created this virus. They could transform other life forms into them. Right. Uh, yet the, yet the, the transformed crew members, and and the ones who were being hunted by the flamethrower guys, for all uh, intents and purposes, seemed to be very primal. Uh, and I couldn't quite wrap my head around why that would be. Like, maybe if they'd been given some time, they would have not been so crazy? I don't know. Um... Yeah, I mean, I don't know if my my feelings are run really deep about this one. <laughs> I I just did think it was a cool. I thought it was a cool idea. I thought that 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 premise, maybe not the premise of the Enterprise crew getting turned into, um, getting turned into the 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 aliens. Maybe that wasn't the best way to go. But the idea that you know a a, a culture had tried to, or a, I guess a whole race of of aliens had tried to persist through this thing i thought was pretty neat Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the execution was not great uh i was pretty 
bored by a lot of this episode. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It was just lacking something. Um, And it was, it's weird because the season started off pretty strong Mm -hmm. uh, with the whole chasing after the Zindi thing. And then they take this weird detour and was not, uh, not into it. Mm -mm. No, it was, it was, it was kind of weird. Um, And uh, yeah, Yeah, there's not a whole lot to say about it because there wasn't a whole lot to the episode. The, the main takeaway is that Archer doesn't want to become the Zindi. So he wants to save the virus. Mm -hmm. You know, just for a rainy day, maybe I kept thinking at the end uh, when he did that, like, Oh, is this going to come back around? Like, is he going to use the virus somehow against the Zindi? I don't know. Probably not. Is that what wipes out the Zindi? Oh, Oh, interesting. Could be. I mean, that would be a pretty interesting way to go. Um, because hey, they never say and and how how would the how would Earth wipe out the Zindi from that far away? It's not like Earth is going to fire a giant beam <laughs> from the planet Earth. You know, it could just be an Earth ship, right? Right. So we shall see. Um. Yeah. I, there's not much to this episode, unfortunately. Uh. So uh, yeah. we can move on to the next one. All right. We'll take a little break, but uh, after we come back from the break, we'll talk about the episode called Regine. UPN Wednesday on an all-new Star Trek Enterprise. She's a beautiful alien sex slave. I'll serve you well. With talents no crew member can resist. Let go. Will the captain risk everything to have her? I have certain gifts. Star Trek Enterprise. And we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 3, Episode 4, Regine. Uh, original air date, October 1st, 2003. Take it away, Randy. All right. So the episode starts out, and we're back in the Zindi Council Chamber, uh, as I'm calling it, <laughs> uh, which we first saw in uh, Episode 1 of this season. Um, we've got all of the various Zindi races that com- comprise this group there, and they're discussing uh, their pl- ongoing plan uh, to stop the humans and destroy the humans. Um, we find out um, that the plan isn't going exactly as fast as they were hoping. Uh, the development of this planet-crushing uh, Death Star, if you will, of a weapon. Um, so we find out that there is actually a, a second I guess, contingency plan um, and we don't really learn anything about it other than it's apparently, uh, quite, quite dangerous and that the Zindi don't have the info about humans they require to move forward. So there's this mis- mystery surrounding what this, uh, second plan might be. Uh, we have the opening credits, uh, when we come back. Um, we're on the Enterprise. Uh, to Paul and Trip are both working at their uh, their neural uh, massage thing for relaxation, sleep, uh, etc. Um, when Trip tells to Paul uh, that they should probably stop having these meetings or the, these sessions uh, because the crew is uh, kind of starting to talk about them behind their backs about, you know, maybe they're an item or something because he's spending so much time uh, into Paul's quarters. Um, 
T'Pol isn't obviously worried about that at all, and I think she kind of talks Trip down about it. Um, I I will say I'm not, you know, the biggest fan of this, this storyline, but I think the very fact, though, that they kind of have this, have a storyline that's continuing is at least interesting, and, it, and it, there's something there about um, uh, T'Pol and Trip, you know, at least getting closer, or he's spending more time with her. Um, it's definitely not quite like the Archer-T'Pol relationship, though, uh, where it's like humans and, and, and Vulcans, you know, be coexisting happily. Um, but I, I did think it was, I, I do think it's cool that they're they're kind of following up on this. Um, anyways, um, speaking of uh, having trouble sleeping, uh, we cut to Archer's quarters, uh, and um, we uh, see that he's kind of thrashing in his sleep. Uh, he's clearly having trouble sleeping. Uh, he wakes up, and he, he goes over the mirror, and he starts itching himself. Uh, and he looks in the mirror, and we see that he has this kind of nasty rash, or like this this kind of skin condition going on. Uh, so, obviously, naturally, uh, he visits Phlox in uh, sickbay, and we find out that um, as as the audience, as we might have been expecting, it's some residual effects from the uh, the alien virus from the previous episode. Um, which, again, uh, there's some continuity kind of leaking between the episodes, ep- linking the episodes, which I, I actually like quite a bit. It's it's a new kind of facet of the show. Um, Fox gives him some salve. Salve? Yes. To to put on uh, the skin condition and tells him it's probably still going to be a little while before he feels uh, normal again and to quit picking at it. Um, while they're talking, uh, we find out that Enterprise is going to go seek out a, a chemist um, that they actually met in a previous episode. Uh, another callback um, who can help them synthesize trellium D, uh, which is a callback to the episode Anomaly. Uh, that's the, the substance that shields the ship's hull from the spatial anom- anomalies of the expanse. Um, Archer, Trip, and Reed um, head down to the planet the Enterprises arrived at to a marketplace, kind of a, you know, most Isley-esque place to borrow from Star Wars, uh, where they're in search of a chemist at Barge 12. Um they eventually find the place uh, after passing by different stalls and people selling what look like um, ostrich eggs. Uh, Archer says he has an appointment uh, and tells uh, the chemist that he met him at the deuterium station on Norellis. Uh, Barat, the chemist, uh, recognizes Archer. Um, he says he can sell Enterprise the formula, but it won't come cheap. Um, he also finds out from this chemist that there's another merchant in the marketplace uh, that has recently done business with the Zindi. And so, naturally, uh, the Enterprise Away team goes to check that out. Uh, they meet up with an alien. Uh, he's kind of like a carnival barker, but he's also uh, dealing in what turns out to be slave women. Um, including, I made a note, uh, one that has the outfit with the ultimate and underboobage. Um <laughs> I, I, it was kind of shocking. <laughs> like they made an outfit that was nothing but under boob. Uh, anyways, uh, I found it interesting that there were no Orion slave girls, though. Yeah, yeah, it would seem like a a perfect place, you know, to have that callback to the original series, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, they didn't. Um, 
And still, um, Archer talks with the alien, um, and he says that he can't divulge where the Zindi went, but they had left a couple days previous. Um, he can't d- divulge where they went because then he wouldn't be, you know, a good businessman if he gave up all his customer secrets. Um, while he's talking to Archer, uh, this uh one of the the slave girls uh this this beautiful woman in white catches archer's eye uh and the the guy says something smarmy like you've got good taste you know i can sell her to you or whatever uh yeah, archer obviously doesn't want to buy a slave girl so um you know they they take off the Enterprise crew takes off. Uh, as they're about to leave the marketplace, though, the the uh, slave girl uh, runs towards them to catch up with them and begs to be taken with them. Uh, her, as I noted, space pimp <laughs> doesn't uh, doesn't like this. So there's a fight. Archer roughs him up, knocks him out, uh, and then Enterprise crew get her way with the girl. Uh, back up on the Enterprise in sickbay, uh, Phlox is examining the woman. Uh, Archer enters. Uh, she reveals that her name is Rajin. So there's your episode title. Uh, and they, they discuss uh, things for a bit. And he says that he's willing to help her find her people that she was taken from. Uh, we head back, cut back to the planet. Uh, we're back at the chemist's place. Apparently, um, Enterprise crew has no problem going down after causing that big scene in the marketplace. <laughs> uh, but they're back down there, um, and we find out that um, the high price of the Trillium D uh, synthesis formula uh, is going to be paid in some exotic wares from the planet Earth. Uh, namely, black pepper, paprika, mustard seed, and cayenne pepper. <laughs> so they've brought them, he brought this guy spices. And he seems super into it. He's like sniffing them and tasting them. And uh, yeah, they don't and, have those spices, you know. Right, right. And Archer says, you know, uh, on Earth, you know, whole civilizations have gone to war over this commodity. <laughs> you know? So he's talking it up, and then you find out it's like cayenne pepper. Anyways, I thought that was interesting. Uh, so, long story short, they, they get the formula for the Trillium D, uh, and they find out that it's uh, synthesized in a liquid state is highly unstable. So you know, it's not going to be easy for them to create this stuff for the ship. Uh, back on Enterprise, um, in the captain's mess, um, Archer and Regine are there. Um, she's asking him a lot of questions. Seems very curious about the Enterprise and what's going on on the Enterprise and what their mission is specifically. Uh, Archer asks Regine about the Zendi, um, but she doesn't need, seem to know much about them. Um, Trip shows up and uh, with an update on the Trellium and says that they're in business. Uh, down in engineering, uh, Trips explains the dangerous process of synthesizing the Trillium D uh, to Archer. Uh, to Paul suggests that they move their uh, synthesis setup uh, to E deck within some emergency bulkheads uh, for safety. So kind of extraneous, but you know, it happened. So there you go. Uh, later on in Archer's quarters, uh, Regine enters. Um, and starts talking with Archer, who's in his sleepwear, and she's in her, you know, uh, sexy get-up. Uh, she tells him that she was actually taken from her people at a young age, and is kind of talking about her past. Uh, while she's doing this, she starts moving in, getting really close to Archer, and basically kind of starts seducing him. Um, I thought this was very reminiscent of something, of, something that just hit me as being very original series, slash, like, Kirk- and his space women yeah, kind I of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I mean, the shows we, we've talked about before, those definitely, 
involving a lot of this, a lot of sex, a lot more than, than previous tracks for sure. Um, so she's, she's kind of, you know, like getting really close to him and she starts moving her hands over him and over his head and his body. And you can see that where she's moving her hands is almost like an x-ray. Like she's scanning him. Uh, he's kind of, like, wrapped in what's going on, um, but just when it seems to be kind of reaching a crescendo, uh, he snaps out of it, and, and she's nowhere near him, uh, and it's like, it almost like it didn't happen. Um, in the makeshift, makeshift uh, Trillium D synthesis lab, uh, Paul and Trip are hard at work on the liquid Trillium D. Uh, they're working on it, but it's becoming unstable. Um, and Paul wants to evacuate the room, but Trip wants to keep going at it and thinks he can, he can get it to stay stable. Uh, she finally gets him to leave though. Uh, and they, they shut the door just in time as the whole rig explodes. Um, they re-enter the room. Uh, they, they kind of survey the damage and, um, Tapal says, you know, you should come to my quarters, have some more therapy, and get some rest. He, he says at first he doesn't want to, but she says, you know, I'd feel a lot safer if uh, you were you were rested up. Uh, so we get a quick uh, interlude where uh, Regine is talking in one of the, the hallways with Hoshi about languages. It seems like this was just so Hoshi could be in the episode. <laughs> um because basically she does nothing. Right. Uh, they, and they get in a turbo. She get, get in a turbo lift and we find out that, that um, Regine speaks several languages and Hoshi's intrigued. Uh, we ne- then we see Regine entering to Paul's quarters. She uh, is as, everywhere. Paul is preparing. She's just all up in everyone's business on the Enterprise. And so, you know, it's, it's not looking very, that and x-ray hands, you know, it's not looking very good for her being a, a good guy. Um, so, so she's in Paul's quarters. Paul's getting ready. She's like lighting candles, setting the mood for this this neural uh, pressure deal with Trip. Um, and she's like, "Hey, Regine, like you can't just walk into my quarters, like because she's pretty much just walking in wherever she wants." Uh, she tries to. I wrote seduce, but you know, she kind of just tries to like um, hypnotize Paul basically. But it's not working on her on her Vulcan uh, her Vulcan mind. Uh, so they get into a fight. Uh, Trip shows up. He's outside. He doesn't hear it going on, but uh, uh, Paul's not coming to the door. So he finally overrides the lock and goes in. He finds her on the floor. Uh, as he's trying to see if she's all right, Regine jumps him. Uh, Regine takes off. Uh, Trip calls security, and they're sending you know uh, security officers to track her down. At this point, they, they know that that she's no good. Um, she kind of charms one of them and steals his gun. There's a bit of a shootout, but eventually Archer and company catch up and toss her in the brig. Now Archer visits Regina in the brig. She's not talking. Uh, the only thing she'll tell Archer is that the Enterprise crew is in danger. Uh, she says that if she says anything more, she'll be killed. Uh, just then, uh, two ships approach Enterprise. Um, and we learn that their biosigns on board match the Zindi that attacked Earth. So the reptilian type Zindi. Uh, they are approaching the Enterprise. One of them is approaching one of the airlocks. So Archer tells the crew to seal it and propel to prepare to repel the Zindi. Uh, at this point, Regine breaks, reveals that she's been working for the Zindi, and that they've been building a bioweapon and needed information on the humans. There's, at this point, an explosion 
uh, and the Zindi board through the sealed off airlock. And I thought this was straight out of the beginning of Star Wars. Like when the the airlock is blown out on the uh, on the rebel ship and the stormtroopers come pouring in. Right. <laughs> there's a uh, there's gunfight uh, and they, they actually have a couple of cool weapons. Uh, they they use this one where they they shoot this glob of green stuff onto the bulkhead behind the Starfleet officers, and then these darts shoot out of that and like shoot the Starfleet people in the back. I was laughing at that because the CG was so bad. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was neat, but it was also a very uh, specialized weapon. <laughs> like the whole point of it is to like surprise your enemies, I guess. Um, I, I noted that that phase pistols don't seem to work on these um, these particular Zendi, which is is a problem. It's kind of like the Borg when they adjust their shields. Um, they the the Zendi reptilians uh, head to the brig and they use the, another kind of cool device. They they put this thing on the door and it kind of turns the metal into glass and they just shatter it and they 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 spring her from the brig. Uh, but in the process of of all of this, uh, one of the Zindi uh, gets knocked out. Um, they they hustle off the ship with Regine. Archer tells Travis to pursue the Zindi ships, but just as they're about to pursue them, uh, they they enter what almost looks like the 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 cloaking field um, from the episode Anomaly that the the space pirates fly into. So they fly into they basically vanish. So no pursuit there. Uh, we're in sickbay. Uh, we find out that the Zindi that was left behind has actually died. Um, but it was self-inflicted. It had a surgically um, implanted poison gland. So it's kind of like the old poison tooth that's <laughs> from spy movies. Uh, so they're not going to get anything out of out of the, the Zindi. But they got his weapon. Uh, and Archer orders that, it, that uh, Reed and his team um, take a look at it and see if they can reverse engineer the technology. Uh, finally, we're back in the Zindi Council, uh, right back around to the beginning of the episode. Uh, they're debating what's happened. Uh, some of the Zindi are upset that one of their kind got captured, but at least he was killed and the humans won't get anything from him. Uh, the Zindi that was in charge of the planet-killing weapon is upset because he was under the under assumption that he would have more time to develop his weapon. Uh, he points out that they still need more data for the bioweapon to be developed. Uh, but we find out that they have it and they want to bring Regine in. Uh, as, as if you hadn't guessed, this whole time she was scanning the crew to find out more about the humans. Uh, she shows her scans to the Zendi and they agree that they're going to simultaneously develop both the bioweapon and the planet killer. Um, Regine tells the Zendi that there is more to learn about the humans than just what their bioscans can reveal. Uh, but she's told to be silent and is led away as the episode ends. Yeah, I was not a big fan of this episode either. Uh, I, yeah. I, the whole regime scheme relied a lot on her convincing Archer to stick around. Like, what if they had just said, ah, now nah, we're just going to leave you behind on this planet? Mm-hmm. Then the, the whole scheme would be over. Like, like, yeah, what if, what if Archer was just like, you know, like, yeah, we don't believe in slavery, but, you know, it's not really our place to, you know, get involved here. Yeah, there was, there were a lot of assumptions made that this would happen. Um, I thought a lot of this episode were, was, uh, 
pretty goofy, actually. Mm -hmm. Anytime Regine was hitting on someone, they played this weird music. Yeah. It it felt like (laughs) a soap opera or something. Yeah. It was, um, and just the, it was super over the top. Like, like I said, like when she's kind of seducing Archer, it was very like, 1960s you know right i think that kind of plays into that soapy feel too that it was very like oh like romance novel cover or whatever you know yeah um yeah i mean it's just uh, it's just an an odd episode where you know if, if you think nothing much really happened in extinction i mean really nothing happened in this she it, it it's it, it's like a 10 minute plot it's like alien girl gets on the enterprise alien girl um scans you know, the enterprise scans crew. enterprise crew gets and gets taken off the ship by her people and that's the whole episode yeah really um you know and and yeah they got you know they got this um formula to synthesize what they need to to prevent the spatial anomalies from breaching the hull I mean, that's good, but I mean, that was such a minor part of the episode. You know, it's like that could just have been kind of mentioned offhand. But I mean, it was the reason why they went down to this planet. Um, I wonder, so did they even really even bring up how they knew that Enterprise was going to this planet? And Uh, I don't recall them. I don't think they did. Yeah. Like, I, I think it was just kind of like they guessed, like. Even if they saw the Enterprise um, nearing this planet and figuring, oh, they're going to go down to the planet, like, isn't there a lot of ground to cover on the planet? Like, <laughs> like, is there only really only one marketplace on the planet? Is there only one place a visiting Starship's crew would land? I, 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 the logistics of it baffle me. <laughs> Yeah. I don't really know how it works, um, but I but I do know that it 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 it, it was almost like a little webisode or something. <laughs> like it had no right to be a full you know forty minute long episode of the show. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know this. Whereas with Extinction, I just didn't care for it. Uh, I don't know. I can't really put a finger on why I didn't really care for it. The episode Regine was I didn't care for it because it was really goofy mm-hmm. no i can totally see that um I, I will say the um the like i mentioned when i was going through the synopsis um the the things i did like were the fact that they referenced the preceding episode mm-hmm. uh, with something going on with with archer's skin i thought that was cool um and i thought that you know the 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 idea of the the anomalies in the expanse that they're still dealing with that. Like, it's not just like, Oh, that was something that happened in, in one episode and we don't have to be concerned with it again. So I do like what they're doing with continuity, but you know, the main plot of the episode was just super weak. Yes. So, you know, I, I think they could have had something where, they did need to collect some bio data, you know, some biological data on humans in order to create an effective bioweapon. But there's probably a lot of better ways they could have gone about it, you know? Right. Anyways. Yeah, I just 
did not care for it. Uh, the only other note I made was that Flox mentioned Crewman Cutler. Right, right. I didn't note that, but now that you mention it, I I remember that. Uh, unfortunately, uh, our character will never reappear, but it was nice to get that little mention. Okay, so I'm actually looking at um, looking at Memory Alpha, and so we'd already we previously discussed um, that uh, Kelly Waymeyer, who played uh, Elizabeth Cutler, passed away in real life. But apparently, she she didn't pass away until about a month after this aired. So at the time when that mention was made, I guess there was a you know a possibility that character could have come back, but obviously for obvious reasons she never did. Right. So. I don't think she was ever mentioned again after this episode. This is a shame. I actually liked her and Flox's storyline. Mm-hmm. And I would have liked to have seen it continue if possible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about Regine. <laughs> all right. Come on, season three. Come on. Oh, let's start it out strong. Start it out strong. Let's we we need we need to get to get you back on point there. Let's 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 get that Trillium D. Let's slather it on the Enterprise. Uh, that was one of the things they pointed out. Archer was like, "Wait a second, this stuff is so freaking volatile. Like, we want it on our ship." And uh, I think uh, Trip points out that you know once they've kind of uh, applied it to the the hull, it will become inert. Uh, and won't will no longer blow up if you breathe on it. How convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, makes Star Trek sense, apparently. Yeah. I think that's a show. Yep. Uh, next time, we're going to talk about Impulse and Exile. Mm-hmm. They're, they're very big on these one-word titles. Yeah, I'm noticing that. Hmm. Okay. Uh... Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, bye. See you out there. UPN Wednesday on an all-new Star Trek Enterprise. There is a darkness deep within the Delphic Expanse, some say, can drive a Vulcan mad.